During this episode here, Ned and I just did a freestyle where we solve all the world's problems, basically. <laughs> For more information on this episode, check out um, episode eight, where I talk, where I interviewed Ned, the DNA. And you can go to Amazon.com, type in Larry Ice, and check out one of the autobiographies. It comes in two versions, explicit or base. Please make sure you get the right one. All right, the rest of the episode is about to begin. Hey, this is Larry Ife. This is episode 55. I got the right number this time for sure. I just wrote it down. Um, this episode here, I just want to do a freestyle with my dude Ned because, like you said, you've seen it before. Uh, I did an episode. What episode number was it? I think it was nine. Episode nine or eight. This, this is the DNA. It's the real deal. <laughs> What's up? What's up? Hey, Larry. So, we're just going to talk freestyle, man. I used to talk about addiction or adoption or politics or the N word. It don't even fucking matter. Um, but. So today, once again, usually at the end of the episode, I tell you I have no fucking clue what the next one's going to be about. Right now, it's the beginning, and I have no fucking clue. <laughs> <laughs> what is what's going to be about? Freestyle. Freestyle. <laughs> so freestyle, because we talk about adoption. So here's, here's, here's the thing. We were talking about all this gentrification stuff. We kind of remember what it was like back in the day. There are spots we could drive around at. Um, the burger spot. Yeah. What was that one? Parker's. Parker's, Yeah. yeah. There are spots like Parkers we used to go to, different clubs we used to go to. I mean, life just fucking changes. Um, it, it and and for us it's different because we were adopted. So for us, like let me see, when did it transition for you, Ned? Like, like, well, yeah, when I was I was probably still very much in the Dutch white Christian Reformed environment, all the way up to. Cal, uh, you know, Grand Rapids Christian High School, and then I went on to Calvin College. That's eighty nine. No, 80. yeah, yeah. I went. To, I graduated from high school in eighty six, okay. and then went to Calvin. Um, so mo- that was my world. But I would dip out. I would dip out from time to time, and shoot back to the hood, catch up with friends, uh, and go to spots like what you're talking about. Well, the cousin were you? You were more like so. You you were you were all in the Calvin scene, right? That's right. I was I was comfortable, but I wasn't very good at fitting in when I when I would go down there because I spoke so proper um, you know the way I was dressed just my whole attitude demeanor behavior I stood stood out so I tried to keep quiet and stay in the back <laughs> so that I didn't stand out so much you know man I stood out one time I, I can remember right now we used to have a thing called the four corners in Grand Rapids you drive around from Franklin and Fuller yep to the gas station, the East, Eastern and Division, maybe even Eastern and Franklin. Oh, Eastern and Franklin. And then Eastern yeah. and Wealthy, and then Wealthy and Fuller. Yeah, it used to be jab packed on the weekends, and that was my first chance talking to black girls. I remember I was still at Christian High, and I wanted to make sure I, I mean, I just naturally stood out. And some some sister asked me what I like to do for fun. I remember saying, you know, I like to uh, ride horses. You know, I want to check out horses, and um, she's like, what the fuck. <laughs> I like, you know, she's like, what else you do? I'm like, well, I never been skiing, but you know, it's like, I totally want to check that out and stuff like that. She drove off so fucking fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. You try to fit in both. See, I didn't get, right. to, I didn't get to do the college scene. You got to tell me about the college scene. What was the Calvin college scene like, being black and adopted? Well, see, I, well, from my experience, when I felt like I lived in this white bubble and I was kind of, I felt like I fit in. I felt very much like a part of. But the I, Calvin I, College thing? Yeah. The, well, the Grand Rapids Christian High thing mm-hmm. and the Calvin College thing. 
So I had, I don't know if it was a naivete or just a, an illusion that was created, but I really felt like I fit in. So I was I was sailing along, happy as a clam <laughs> at Calvin, um, doing classes, doing well in school, um, running with a lot of, you know, Dutch Christian reform kids. What did you do on the weekend? What was the weekend like? Um, well, I did get into the party scene a little bit, you know, and so I'd go to Calvin parties and hang out, drink beer, you know, run with my friends, stuff like that. But I did, a, you know, I was a good student as well, so I'd study hard and was doing good in school. Um, I just had a really solid life, but uh, it was, for me, I didn't I didn't really tr- make a transition more toward my black side till later in life. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You were like, what? You were out of college then, huh? Yeah, I was out of college, yeah. <clears throat> okay, see, yeah. yeah. There's, there's different, like I said, we talked earlier, there are so many different paths, and the sooner you can get a handle on it, the better. Yeah. That's why I like sharing information now, so you can see it may happen early. Like you see me, I did some. I let me see. I was white until yeah, I was white until I was about eighteen. Yeah. Then I went off the deep end. Ned took his time and got did it the more professional way. The more the more way <laughs> the, <laughs> he did the way he's supposed to do it. So maybe yeah, you can see two different ways of doing it. Yeah. You know. Well, there's like you just said, there's so many different ways, and you know, I'm part of a group right now on Facebook where there's a lot of TRAs, transracially adopted kids. Mm-hmm. And it's incredible that even in 2020, these young people, a lot of them, I say young people, they're 20, uh, 25, 30. They're asking the same questions that I asked. They're having the same experiences that I had. They're coming to the same revelations that I came to. Um, our, there's kind of a universal experience that we have. And like you said, some people, it comes to, they come to it very early in their teenage years. You know, and some people come to it in their 20s, some people in their 30s. Just took me till my, you know, 50s to really kind of completely wake up. So what? So that's cool. So so tell me this right here. So if people got the same things we had, how can how can you break that cycle? Or how can you do the do the parents have to be a uh, how do you break that cycle? They shouldn't be asking the same questions we did. Right. How do you break that cycle? Should the parents be getting instructed better, or the school or the well, the world or what is it? What's the missing? What's the missing yeah, link? Yeah, the missing link. That's a fantastic question. I think what I've come to conclude is that we're all trapped in the human condition, and so this experience that we've had of being transracially adapted, so being black but raised in a white family, it creates a it's a unique set of circumstances, and everybody that goes through it, there's kind of a spectrum of experiences that can happen. We all have a, a very similar experience. Can it be fixed? Can it be can it be made better? I think so. Um, what I I think what our parents did, what my parents did, was really incredible. That you know, when I was adopted, my parents lived in a lily white community in Rockford, Michigan, and my parents said, "Look, if we're going to raise black children, we cannot live in a lily white environment." So they decided to move into the city, and at the time that they moved, uh, the neighborhood was probably. 20% black and 80% white. And they moved in. And then over the course of the 1970s, white flight really accelerated and that neighborhood flipped. And my parents, friends, and family were all saying, oh, you got to get out of that neighborhood. You got to move before the crime rate goes up and all the blacks move in and you lose all the value in your home. Yeah, yeah. And my parents just said, no, we're going to stay. We're going to stay here and we're going to raise our children in this mixed neighborhood. And for me, that was a tremendous blessing because I ended up having close proximity to middle-class black people 
Um, and I found out black people were ordinary people just like anybody else. I remember you said you, they brush their teeth and everything else. Yeah, what I feel, they brush their teeth. They, they ate cereal. They eat cereal after school. They watch cartoons. They cut the grass on Saturday. And uh, they're ordinary people just like anybody else. But Oh, speaking of that, you know what? I had a, I had a white friend ask me, why do black people always uh, sweep their carpet instead of vacuum? You ever notice that at all or not? I've seen a little bit of that, yeah. Just little shit. It's funny as hell, but... um. I ain't know why I said that one, but uh, <laughs> I got to sweep in the carpet earlier. Um, but so here's my thing. So the first, we're the first generation. I just turned fifty, so we're the first generation that had that experience, and our parents did the best thing they could by moving into a mixed area. Mm-hmm. But this generation, everything is mixed. Like the internet, they they have yeah. friends that their schools. It's it's yeah. It's, and yet, even in the midst of that, and they still got the same fucking questions. The same, yep. Because identity is such a powerful part of human experience. So, and, and what I would say, what I've also come to conclude is that all human beings go through this, some type of struggle. And so our struggle is just different than theirs. But, you know, the kid who grows up with a gland problem and they're real heavy and they're dealing with their weight all the time, they go through, and if you talk to that whole group of people that have that, they go through a similar experience where the they could be living on different sides of the country and they still have the same kind of this is how I felt at school this is how I felt in society I was always the heaviest kid and I always had these challenges and you know the shortest kid in class has terrible challenges the tallest kid in class has terrible challenges you read about these beautiful kids real beautiful girl or a real beautiful guy and you think oh man they're like a model they're so beautiful life must be perfect and they go through this struggle that no one really knows who they are because all they see is their beauty and they end up killing themselves. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yep. I, I, matter of fact, um, I think uh, now that you said that, there has to be, I think there has to be a way of getting, there has to be a way of getting the stories out there. People that talk openly about adoption, the ups and downs about it. On the surface, people just see the outsides. Yeah. Know? And so nobody's really addressing the issue. Just like I talked about slavery before. Slavery happened. Nobody's ever talked about it. That's why it's still just not being dealt with. Nobody That's ever right. talked about the real facts. I'm not saying I go into facts and, and, and tell our white people they owe us money or owe black people money or whatever. I'm just saying it has to be discussed openly so the next generation can see, you know, what really happened. And, like, right now, I don't think anybody... That's, if I ask my daughter who Martin Luther King was or Malcolm X, she probably have no, no, no clue. Yeah, no, I agree with you 100%. Conversation, information is so important. Conversations, people just telling their stories. And, um, you know, I was telling you, I'm part of this group um, on Facebook where I met a lot of different TRAs, transracially adopted people. And just being able to talk to somebody who has had a similar experience yep. to yep. mine, it's, yep. it's uh, cathartic, you know, it's therapeutic because I can understand what they're talking about and they can understand what I'm talking about without having to go into deep details and description. They just, they're telling their story. I'm like, I can identify with them. And that helped having that one person. Yep, just having that one person that you can talk to. Yeah. See, this gotta be, I think there should be maybe a community because there's so many people, even because of politics, I know we're not gonna go there, but in politics, you got a bunch of people that voted for Trump, let's say, but they don't really know why they voted for Trump. They just did it because they might... They don't really know why, or they know why. Maybe they're scared of it's a it, he appeals to something racist that that they liked or whatever it was, 
but they're not addressing it. They're just voting for somebody yeah. still. Yeah. And the Democrat, and, you know, and a lot of black people vote for Democrats just because of Democrat. People yeah. just have these things but, that but, nobody's... But, yeah, but, but identity politics is really coming to the fore. Um, yeah. People are voting based on identity. They're yeah. voting for... Cultural identity. Yeah. Cultural identity. White America, black America. Yeah. Um, yeah, that is very prevalent right now. I think, personally, I, matter of fact, all right, I'm going to talk to you five listeners out there. <laughs> Make it seven, because you got you five plus me and Ned here, yeah. or Ned and I. Yeah. So all seven of us, guess what? Somebody has to be a politician, and because we can do all this talking, we can have all these meetings, all these um, chat rooms about it, but it's the actual policy makers that get to change the decision. Yeah, that's very true. Somebody's got to become a son. I don't know who you five are. That's right. Rise up. Run. <laughs> um, vote. You got two, bo- you got, got two votes. Vote. All politics are local. Start at the local level. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, run for your you know, local city commissioner or whatever the case might be. And it's a powerful way to make a big difference. Yep. I'll vote. And if my podcast is still going, I'll put on my podcast. Well, I'm going to keep pushing you, though, Larry. I think you could be a real catalyst for change, too. And I've been encouraging Larry to get a, a group of, like, we're both part of this international, pardon me, this nationwide group. But I think we're right here in Grand Rapids. We should get a group going uh, and just start pulling transracially adopted kids together and just having these conversations and, uh, you know, fixing this shit. Help healing each other, you know, um, dealing with issues. And, uh, yeah, there's, there's so many of us. We should just. Once Holy a month God. in person, like yeah. like 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 meet at like a Calvin College or somewhere at like the auditorium yeah. and talk. Yeah. When I go to NA and AA, for you for you uh, drug free people, that's Narcotics Anonymous and Alcoholics Anonymous. Uh, when I go there, I sit there in those rooms and we I hear people share their stories. That just makes me feel so much better. Yeah. I can go there once a month. I'm supposed to go every every. I'm supposed to do 90 meetings in 90 days, but I'm gonna do probably nine in 90 days. But every time I go, just hearing somebody say. Yeah, man, I remember those dark days, you know, just doing whatever. And hearing that shit and hearing that person still sitting there, he done made it through everything, we're still sitting there. Yeah. We may not be as healthy as we were before or have as many teeth as we did before we got into drugs and everything, but we're still sitting there talking about it, sharing it. Yeah. Just that. If you could touch that, you have to be a face-to-face. That's right. Once a month. One spirit meets another spirit and brings healing. That's it. Once a month. So, matter of fact... Yeah. So we're, yeah. we're, this call out to any transracially adapted kids, young or old. Um, you know, if you're 18 or older, uh, this is a call out. Larry Ife, white, confused, black, black and Christian. Christian. <laughs> um, check him out, man. Read the books. You ought to check out his. What's that program for transformation you got? What do you, what do you call it? Where you the uh, the program? You know? Oh, probably got the personal development plan. Yeah, the personal yep. development plans. Uh, those things, I've looked those things over, man. There's a lot of power in there. People can personally transform their lives that way, and uh, be and look be and looking soon, man. Me and Larry, we're gonna get we're gonna get something going. We'll get a group of people together and just have this conversation and, and grow it and now, expand it. Once we're in person, because there's so much there's so much in what's that word in in personal communication. Like if somebody has a post, and you just say like. That's more impersonal, impersonal. Yeah, that's it. Compared to somebody being like, man, give you a dap. Man, I like that. You know what I'm saying? That's, yeah. We got to get more personal stuff. So if you can see somebody physically, it helps with your communication skills too. To see somebody and talk to somebody face to face. Like a lot of kids now, I know I probably switched gears completely, but a lot of people now, a lot of guys are scared to talk to females. They don't know how to talk to females. Yeah. Because they used to just hit the like button or exactly. a love emoji yeah, jumping, jumping in their inbox and shooting them a question. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's the real deal. So matter of fact, you've got two scenarios here. You've got mine. 
Or you can take a plan, follow a plan, read a book and hear a testimony that way about different things in life. And you have NES where you can actually take action and go somewhere. Take that trip. Go search. Find what you need to find. Mm-hmm. Just start. Take one one fucking foot in front of the other foot. Absolutely. Yeah. He's referring to my trip to Africa. I'm getting ready to go to Nigeria to look for my yeah. biological father. Yep. Take the DNA test. Go look for my father. See if I can find him alive, I hope. But if not, at least find where he's buried and um, pay honor to him. And then, you know, when my father returned to Nigeria, he was a young man. I got brothers and sisters. About 20-something. He was in yeah. college, huh? Yeah. He was 20-something. Yeah. I, I, I got brothers and sisters somewhere. And I'm going to find him. That's a part of my search right now, um, my story. See? Do something. Take a step. I always tell you people. I like saying you people. Otherwise, I love you people. You people, get shit together. Get a plan. Read a book. Take a trip. How can they get a hold of you, Larry? Oh, matter of fact, yeah. So. You got an email address? You got a, yep. a telephone number? What, how, how can people get a hold of you? Matter of fact, I'll give you my email address, which is ifelarry at yahoo.com. Ife, Y-F-F. Yep, like yellow football football. <laughs> yellow football football, Larry. <laughs> at yahoo.com. At yahoo.com. Yep. I will give you my phone number, but it'll probably be off in about a month anyway. Kind of. <laughs> I'm not too good at keeping phone numbers, but check us out. If you're listening anyway, here's my phone number. 616-635-5074. You better catch it while you can. 616 616-635-635-5074. Four. Seven four. There it is. Larry Ife. Hit him up. Um, start a conversation. Um, if you're interested in being part of a group of transracially adopted individuals who just have questions about life, who am I? Where do I fit in? Or maybe you've answered those questions and ha- can help people who have questions. Who am I? Where do I fit in? Um, because that that's the root of our dilemma is identity. Too white for black people, too black for white people, and that puts you on the fence. Always on the fence. So, yeah, time to get off the fence. Get off the fence. Let's find, <laughs> let's find a place where we, a safe space where we can come together, whether that's through the internet or whether it's in person, and and just have conversations that are healing, that are uh, informational, educational, spiritual. Uh, because I still have a hole in my heart um, from all just just my life's struggle, my life's drama. And see, we can even include, and it's not just like you said earlier. It's not just adoption. Yeah. It's about what the shit you said earlier. You said something about well, the human condition. Fat people, yeah, we're all people, yeah, tall people, people, skinny. Yeah, we're all trapped in the human condition. So, absolutely, it doesn't have to be just about transracial adoption. It could be anybody that's just having struggles in life and needs a safe space uh, to talk to people and learn. Yeah, and like I said, in person. You know, speaking of short people, you know, my nickname was at Oakdale. What? Tiny Tart. <laughs> Tiny Tart. I did not. <laughs> I was like four. I was like I was like 115 pounds. I was like five. Maybe five feet, yeah. 150 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys. Well, here's the deal. Um, oh, we still got 10 minutes. We could still go on, but we're gonna kind of kind of show here, keep it nice and simple for you. Um, you've got Ned, the DNA. Check out episode. It's eight or nine. I think it's eight or nine, but yeah. Check out that for 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 um, check keep up with his experience as to how he handled his adoption thing, his transracial adoption thing. Check out the books. You know I say something about them at the beginning of every podcast. Um, other than that, shit, this is episode 55. Yeah, I said 45 last time. This is episode 55, two fives. Um, episode 56 is next, of course. As usual. Wait, I got to thank my friend Ned first. 
Ned, any last words? Ned, I get the last word. I usually fuck him up, so I'm gonna give. Matter of fact, I'm gonna close it. No, then no, Ned, no, yeah, no, nah. no, Shout out to you. Nope, I'm gonna close it. My last words would be just, <laughs> hey, look, Larry, man. Uh, Larry and I were lifelong <laughs> friends, and uh, we spent a lot of time in elementary and, and high school together. And then I hadn't seen Larry. Larry went off in one direction, I went off in another direction. So we've recently just come back to, you know, rekindling our friendship. And it's been a beautiful thing, Larry, because you ever have that old friend that you haven't seen in years and years and years, and you you meet up and you fall right back where you used to be? Um, that's how I feel with you right now, Larry. I, you've been a blessing in my life at this time, man. <laughs> I'm, I think the Lord brought us back together for a special reason. Not exactly sure what it is, but that's how the Holy Spirit works. The Holy Spirit brought us together. Something good is going to come out of this, because just rekindling our friendship has been a blessing to my spirit. See? There it is. People getting back together. Yeah. And this dude here, speaking of... Reunited. Uh, they, don't know, they, don't know. <laughs> they don't know about that reunited. Um, and speaking of... Speak, I got to say one more thing, because you know I ramble sometimes. Yeah, I owe this dude a lot, because for two reasons. One, if you remember last episode, it was called uh, Friend of Court and Child Support. So I'm going to tie this into my friend Ned right here, because um, I had a female, I'm not going to say who, she actually thought I was Ned. Yeah, I'm gonna put it out there. She thought I was Ned, and that's why she had a crush on me, and that's why we did what we did, and that's why I had a kid. So, that kid <laughs> is mine 100%, but I got <laughs> I got to thank Ned because she thought I was Ned. So I, was, I was a wingman, <laughs> I didn't even know it. <laughs> I'm learning how to edit this shit too one day, but for now, I'm leaving it in there. All right, this is episode 55. Episode 56 is next. I have no fucking clue what it's going to be about, but when I know, I'm going to let you know. And Ned, you going to say goodbye or something? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thanks for letting me hang out. White, confused, black, and Christian. There it is. Powerful book. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>